Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. The world needs to hear your message and your story, so don't deny the world of that gift within you that the universe has given you. Someone out there needs to hear your story because it will support them in feeling hope, inspired, and even transformed. Do you want to discover how I help get my clients out of their own way, show up, and confidently share their message? I would love to extend an invitation to you to join me in my free masterclass, Start Your Own Podcast from Idea to Implementation, on Wednesday, April 5th at 1 p.m. Eastern. You can find the registry link in the show notes. Hope to see you there. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography Podcast. Today, my guest is Christina Jenkins. She is the founder of the Toe Reading Academy, creator of Embody Your Essence brand. She's a podcast host and a business and branding coach. Welcome, Christina. It's so lovely to have you here. I'm happy to have you here and jump in and share and learn all about the beautiful light that you put out into the world through the work that you do. How are you doing today? I'm so great. Thank you, Brad. I'm really happy to be here. And I am so very happy to have you here. So with that being said, let us jump in. I only named off a few things or quite a few other things you have under your belt here. And just, I got to (laughs) say, wow, it is exhausting just thinking about all those titles and all the hats you wear. It's quite an extensive resume. How do you find the time for all of this and how do you prioritize and how important is prioritization and organization to you? Okay, so that, there's a lot of things in that. So I'm going to start with the end. Yep. Organization is obviously really important to me because there are so many things. I love to learn. And when I say learn, I'm not a surface learner. I'm a deep dive learner <laughs> and I'm obsessed with it for a bit. And, and that's what I do. And I really gain a high level of mastery. So yes, it can become exhausting if I try to do everything. And honestly, that's been in my business, my personal business, one of my biggest challenges is what do I do when, because I do have all these things and all of these different streams of income coming in. And so I'm actually in the process right now of a little shift in my brand, where instead of having all these different brands, here's me, here's what I do. And that actually feels really, really good because I've bought into the life for a long time, you know, that jack of all trades, but master of none. But what we do the second part, which is an oftentimes better than master of one. And so I just really leaned into that Shakespeare quote because I believed the first half for most of my life and was almost embarrassed at how many things I know how to do because I felt like it would be too much. That's what my too much. And now I'm like, yep, I got all this stuff. I'm very careful that I know exactly what I'm doing before I charge anybody money for it. And I'm very good at what I do. So that was a long answer to your long. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's like, here I am. Christina is here. These are the hats I wear. And this is what I do. Let's do it. Right. Exactly. So I'm very curious then being a serial entrepreneur and wearing so many hats, what does your morning routine look like? So my morning routine is actually, I would say it is the key to my day. So I like to wake up very early. 
Sometimes I don't because sometimes I choose to stay up late with family or whatever, but right. I like to wake up very early. And by that 4.30 or 5, I really love that liminal space before the sun rises. And my morning routine looks like I get up and I stretch, just stretch my muscles, stretch my joints, just a light stretch. I meditate. I draw some cards for the day. The meditation part has been such a game changer. I actually taught in the public school system for 13 years and waking up at 4.30 and meditating every morning when nobody was saying Miss Jenkins, mom or Chris, nothing, <laughs> that became the key to my success. And so that is something that I have done consistently and that is vital to me when it's nice outside i love to go for a walk so just things like that but the meditation piece hands down most important piece and that's a non-negotiable for you non-negotiable how how long do you meditate for roughly on average so i love meditating for about 30 minutes but honestly sometimes i meditate for 10 or 15 okay. and i always feel like i want more after that but i figure if i do some it's better than none and and that's been proven true to me time and time again but i really try to make space for that 30 minutes yeah solid meditation so what drives motivates and inspires you to keep going and excelling at all that you do christina i think what really inspires me is one, I really have a drive to make the world a better place. And when I was a kid, it was like, I want to change the world. And now it's like, if I can change my circle and then that ripple effect goes out, my world in some ways has gotten much bigger like everybody's has, but in some ways has gotten smaller because I know where my circle of impact really is and it is growing but I would rather make deep impact to a smaller number of people who will then ripple it out than surface impact to a broad number of people. And so that's really what motivates me. That, as long as my own personal development and soul evolution, that is a huge driver for me. I love to learn. I love to apply that learning because I want to be a person that is continually evolving on all the levels, especially mentally and spiritually. Those are where I really trend to and, and feel very comfortable in and push the edges of those comfort zones all the time. Love it. I would love to know what you were doing for a living before you made the jump into entrepreneurship. Okay, can I just tell you a fun story? Sure, of course, absolutely. So I started my entrepreneurial journey when I was five. <laughs> and I love to tell this story because I think some people are born entrepreneurs and I was just born an entrepreneur. So I lived in this neighborhood and we were the youngest family and everybody else in the neighborhood was older and retired and they took great care of their gardens. They had these beautiful gardens. So as a very enterprising five-year-old, I wanted to make a little bit of money so I could go down to the corner store and buy some candy. <laughs> so I decided a great plan was to pick their flowers, put them in a little vase, like beaning a mason jar, and then I would take <laughs> it to their doorstep and sell them their own flowers that I had picked and very clumsily put into a vase. So from a business perspective, zero cost of goods, great idea. Unfortunately, only a couple of neighbors thought it was cute, and my parents really <laughs> thought it was a bad idea. So that got kept very short, but I, I like to tell that story because it was actually a significant emotional event for me because I had this idea. I thought it was a great idea. And the, the neighbors who I had sold to at first were the nice neighbors and they thought it was a great idea. So I had the feedback. 
then the response to it created some beliefs in me that I don't have good ideas. My ideas are dumb. Selling is nasty. That really followed through for a long time. When I was 16, I started a music business. I'm a musician, a professional musician. So I started teaching private lessons when I was 16. And I've just gone through a variety of things. And then in 2008, my husband and I started a variety of businesses as well. Some very profitable businesses in a variety of industries. And then 2008, and I hit the wall. I was burnt out of entrepreneurship, burnt out of the ups and downs, burnt out of the hustle. I just got yeah. burnt out. And I needed to go do something where I could earn some money doing something that I love, where I got a paycheck. So yeah. I went back, got my education degree and went and taught in the public school system. I taught orchestra for 13 years okay. in the public school system. And that was such a great learning ground for me. I still did my little entrepreneurial things on the side. Like I was still making all sorts of herbal remedies, doing readings for people, etc. continuing my training because that's a passion. But that was definitely the side hustle. And my main gig was the music. I took the program from zero to nationally recognized over the course of about seven years. It just gave my heart and soul to that. And it was a great learning ground for me because I learned so many valuable things and really started to unpack my own desire for impact and what I wanted that to look like. And I realized that it looked very different than the businesses that my husband and I had started, which were great businesses, but they were just tech and other things that I just am not that interested in. Right. I did the personal. And then in 2019, I decided that I would retire, meaning fall of 2019. So before COVID hit. And I'll tell you after COVID hit, I was so glad that I had made that decision because one quarter of teaching online music was very challenging. So kudos to all the teachers and parents and students who stuck that out. It, it was, was a trying rough. time for sure. It was so rough. And I went full-time into entrepreneurship. It's been a journey. It's been an adventure, <laughs> all the things, but I'm so glad that I'm here and doing it full-time really is a beautiful thing for me. You're the founder of the Toe Reading Academy. Can you tell us a little bit about the Academy and Toe Reading? Sure. So Toe Reading, I think, is one of the most underknown and underutilized I have no modalities. Idea. Nobody's heard of it. So as part of my personal healing journey in 2006, back when we were reading newspapers still, <laughs> there was a little ad for a toe reading workshop on a Saturday morning in a questionable neighborhood in my area here. And I was like, ooh, I've been involved in personal development and spiritual healing and energy work since the early 90s. So I was like, ooh, never heard of this. We're going to go to this. Mm -hmm. So I go to that. Three hours that changed my life. I don't know who these people are who taught it. I've never been able to find them again, but it clicked. And I immediately started just reading for family and friends and I got really good at it. And people would always tell me, you should teach people how to do this. And I was just like, no, because of course I was teaching at the time. That was a hat that I didn't want to wear at the time. And then when I went full-time into entrepreneurship, sometimes after I would establish a relationship with the clients, I would say, hey, you know what? This sounds a little weird, but will you send me a picture of your toes? Because I'm going to do a toe reading. I think it's going to be really helpful, <laughs> right? Oh my gosh. If you look at my photos on my phone, people would laugh because I have so many pictures of toes, of readings that I've done. But people were blown away by the accuracy, by the insight, and by the reflective questions and direction that the toe reading would do. So I taught several workshops and then I thought, you know what, I'm the only one doing, and I'm not the only one because as I've searched, it is starting to be a little bit more trendy, but I'm the only one I know. I've never met anybody else besides these two teachers that I've never been able to find again. 
So I launched the Toe Reading Academy and I had my first cohort go through this spring. So we Congratulations. have nine more toe readers, certified toe readers. And it was a really fun experience to just take that body of knowledge that I have and put it into a curriculum and a manual and all the things and it helped me realize how much I'd learned and how grateful I am for all the people whose toes I'd read because it just helped me build this body of knowledge. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, I mean, Truthfully, I'm always looking at people's toes. And here's why. Because it helps me know how to interact with them. Like when I see toes that are a certain way or whatever, I know what to talk to the people about. Or do they want to talk or do they want to listen? And what are some good questions that I can ask? So it really helps. And I did this with my students too. They'd walk in the first day with their sandals and flip-flops. I'd be like, okay, here we are. And then I would know how to connect with people at a deeper level. So it just took away some of that get-to-know-you period that if it goes on too long, we can move out of that relationship. So, so many good things. So as a modality that you can have as a business and as a modality that you can help your friends, family, people that you're working with and just know how to interact with them better. So what is toe reading? Like, how does it work? Okay. So I've heard that I I compare it to iridology where you're looking at the irises to see disease, other things. The toes are your connection point to the earth. So what they actually do is tell you where you are and where you've been, because it all shows up in the toes. A lot of trauma is stuck in the toes. It might be manifesting in other places in your body, but your toes are actually telling you first where it is. So if you can identify that in the toes, then you can keep it from showing up in your body. It's going to show up in the toes first. So all the things, there's a spirit path toe and a life path toe, communication and expression, action, relationships, and trust and prosperity. And this is both with self and with others, the way that you interact with the world. So uh, it is not divinatory like palmistry or anything like that. It is really, where are you now in the map of your life? What is ready to be let go so that you could move forward? Wow. Okay. And so what was the inspiration then behind starting the academy and how long ago did you found it? So I started teaching classes on it about two years ago and they were my most popular classes. And I teach some pretty cool classes. Like I teach a class <laughs> about sex magic and I teach a class about astronumerology, but people loved the toe reading academy, the toe reading classes. So I was like, okay, this is going to be a monthly class. So I started doing that and everybody loved it. And multiple people said, when are you going to teach people how to do this? How can I certify in this? Do you teach a certification course? So it was really driven by demand. People really wanted it. And it's a great modality to mix in with other modalities. So like in the cohort that I just took through, we had toe reflexologist, massage therapist, registered nurse, a bunch of energy workers, a stylist, I'm telling you, for stylists, this is great. Imagine knowing your client when they sit down in the chair. So it was driven by demand. And so glad. (laughs) You created the Embody Your Essence brand. Can you tell us a bit about the brand and how long ago you created that? Yes. So that was in the beginning of 2020. I hired a coach and I said, I don't know what I do. Or I said, I don't know how I do it, but this is what I do. And I went back through all of my years of working with people from the time I was 16 with my little music studio. And we went down and she did for me what I do for other clients. Basically, she let me lay out all my puzzle pieces on the table. And then because I'm so close to them, it's hard to see how to put them together. She helped me put it together. And what we realized that I do 
is I help people embody their essence. And their essence is like our soul self, our higher self. There's lots of different words for it. Essence is another trending word. Two years ago, I had to explain it all the time, but now most people know what it is. And it's the embodiment of that. So how does this show up in all of the things, in the way that you move, in the way that you dress, in the way that you surround yourself? And then putting that into the business, because I am a seasoned entrepreneur, I do have a good track record of establishing and helping people establish successful businesses and programs. And so we decided that the brand part was really because a brand is who you are. It's your promise that you're giving to people oftentimes without them ever even knowing what it is, but it is your unspoken promise and your spoken promise. Like when you walk into a McDonald's or a Starbucks, that brand is well established. You know exactly what you're going to get. And when you don't get it, you're really disappointed. And so it's that. And so helping people establish their brand as who they are. So people, again, this shortens the get to know you period. It moves us from no like trust to that like trust so much faster. And then on the flip side of that, it also makes you a little bit polarizing. So if people don't like you, they they know that pretty quick and you're not wasting your time on people who are never going to come in and actually benefit from your offer. I want to speak a little bit about your coaching work. Why did you decide to focus your coaching work business in particular on branding and business? Well, because I love business. And if you talk to me for any period of time, we're going to start talking business. And when people tell me their ideas, I have a million ideas in my head of how we could monetize this and turn it into a business. So I love business. I got my business degree from HEC Paris, which is a very well-known business school. And I, I love business. And so the reason why we went with that is because that's a high value for me. I can talk to people for days about business <laughs> and I wanted to, to bring it down just a little bit more to the branding aspect of the business because I'm very clear about what I don't do a business. I don't build websites. I don't build funnels. I know people who do. And after working with me, you're going to know what resonates so that you're not redoing your website every single year. Of course you want to evolve it as you evolve, but I've seen so many people And remember, most of this happened in early 2020, who were spending tens of thousands of dollars on their branding, and then they didn't end up liking it. It didn't end up resonating with them. So that's why I decided to do that was really let's, again, it's demand, although it wasn't demand in the marketplace, it was a a hole that I saw needed to be filled. So that's really why I decided to go there because it marries perfectly with my innate skill set. What is it then that sets you and the work you do apart from other coaches? Why would they choose to work with you over someone else? Great question. So first of all, because like we talked about at the very beginning of this podcast, because I know a lot of stuff about a lot of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And so from that body of knowledge, I've got a very big toolkit to draw from to help people. Second of all, because what I don't do is cookie cutter branding. And I see that a lot. And there's nothing inherently wrong with it. It's just not my style, nor is it my people's style. They want something that reflects them. And the other reason why is because I am a very safe space. That is one of my gifts is I create and hold safe space for people to really dump all the puzzle pieces out on the table, look at all of them, no judgment, just looking at them all and then putting them together so that it reflects them. I love the puzzle analogy. That's twice now. I love it. (laughs) 
Christina, what is your greatest strength as a coach, would you say? My greatest strength as a coach is holding safe space for people. And I want to give my definition of safe space. Safe space is when you know that the person who's talking to you has everything inside of them to solve their problem. I am not a fixer. I am a guide. I am a mentor. And so holding safe space for the person who's speaking, and I know they have what's inside them. I might need to pull here, ask a question here, make some guidance here, do a a reading of some kind to help them see it, Mm -hmm. that they have it. There's no fixing outside. You're just drawing it out of them from within. It's already there. And we all have that within us. It's just a matter of it being drawn out. If they need that guidance, that's what you do. You help them bring that out and shine a light on that. Exactly. Beautifully said it. How has your coaching style evolved since you first started to where you are now? Mm, Actually, this is part of my personal brand shift that I am doing. So when I started out, I really was very much in the business mindset, meaning looking, how do I say this? I I do have a business degree. So I was very much in, here's the package for how to build a business. Now let's put you inside it. And now where it's evolved to is, here's some guidelines for how to run a good business. And now let's see what works for you so we can build this solid foundation of a business and the business reflects you rather than you being in the business. And so it really creates a lot of alignment. So that's one way that it's really evolved. And then the other way is just me bringing in some of these more spiritual modalities into it. I believed the life for a long time that as an educator and a business person, if I let this side out, it would discredit me. And you know what? That may have been true at one time in the realms that I was playing in. It is not true now. And even if it is, I don't care because I see it helping people. And that's so, the key right there. Yeah. <laughs> is to not worry about what others think. And you're right. Back 10, 15 years ago or whatever, it might have been frowned upon or thought, what the hell is Christy? What? What is she talking about? But now it is more mainstream. It has become more mainstream. But you get to a point where it's like, you know what? I don't give a shit what people think. I am doing me and that's it. Yes. And if it's benefiting people, that's all that matters. 100%. And I just saw that over and over because I would bring it in with my established clients. And then I was like, this is where I lead from now. This is how I'm leading because that's how I think. What are some of the most meaningful goals that your coaching has allowed your clients to actualize or bring to fruition? All right. So there's a few of them that came to mind when I was kind of reading the preview question. So I have a client who went from divorce, leaving her faith tradition and moving. So really starting from ground zero to consistent 15K months. Wow. Yeah. And I'm so proud of her. And the thing is, is it's not just about the money, although, I mean, let's be real, 15K months from divorced and moving (laughs) and and never having really worked before to 15K is brilliant, but it's because she's working really aligned in her work. And it's been really fun to watch her evolve. I have another person who he was kind of like me, jack of all trades and all this stuff. And we were able to bring all his puzzle pieces together 
and create this brilliant brand for him that allows him to do real estate farming back to the land kinds of act mm-hmm. all together and it's a really beautiful brand and he's seeing a lot of progress in that and then most recently i had a client who through our work together she was able to manifest a move she's actually moving up near where you live oh, okay um, from where she lives right now, she doesn't feel like she has any community at all. She's very spiritual. And so she's going to move into a place where it's a much bigger city where she has this. And she manifested this through our work together. And I love reading her text. I mean, I don't want to take credit for it, but through our work together, she was able to uncover what she really wants and then move forward in her business so that she could bring this into her life. That is beautiful. Christina, what would you say are the three most important lessons you've learned in your career as a coach? The number one, follow your gut. Oh, Brad, I've kissed so many frogs in all of my entrepreneurship because I didn't follow my gut. So follow it. If there's something that feels off, then don't do it. It's not a bad reflection on the person or judging. It's just making a judgment for yourself. So Mm -hmm. follow your gut. Two, monetary goals are important, but they're meaningless if you're not fulfilled. So making sure that you've got that fulfillment piece and the monetization is going to come. Be willing to play the long game. So I guess that's really what it is. Be willing to play the long game and establish your business. And the third thing is really have fun and take time for yourself, your morning ritual, your exercise time, but finding joy in those things and making time for yourself. I know it's way overused, but if you haven't put your oxygen mask on first, you can't help others. I need yeah. to find another analogy for that because it's so <laughs> overused. But you know what? I but, yeah. but it gets the message across. You must take care of yourself. Yeah, for sure. And I love that you brought up about playing the long game because I think there are so many people, because first off, I think that entrepreneurship gets romanticized or glamorized with this amazing thing. And it is amazing, but it takes work. You have to be willing to put in the work. And I think that so many people come in thinking, oh, they're going to be this overnight success in five or six months. I'm going to be making 10 grand a month. And I think that we need to start having conversations around that and talking about that more and shining a light on it that, you know what? No, this is not the way it is. Solopreneurship can be very lonely at times. And it does take a lot of dedication. It does take a lot of hard work and you have to put in the work. You're not going to be, I mean, sure, there are cases far and few between where, yeah, they're making 10 grand a month and that happens very quickly. But more often than not, that's not the case. And we need to talk about these things and let those know who are stepping into entrepreneurship that it's not all puppy dogs and rainbows and ice cream. It's going to be hard. There are going to be struggles, but we need to start talking about it because we don't. I agree 100%, Brad. That has got to be a conversation that people have because people are very deluded. And for a long time in my business, I was like the last house on the block. They tried all the 10K coaches and the quick funnel coaches and all this stuff. And by the time they got to me, they had exhausted their resources when if they would have gone with me first and done the deep work and the understanding of the long game and really understanding what their business wanted to be, and then they would have had more alignment with some of the other coaches that could have helped them. And instead of coming cynical and broke at the end, I'm sure you see this in your work. I think it's our responsibility though, as entrepreneurs, I mean, 
I haven't been in the game that long, but I think that we need to be the ones to start those conversations and letting those people know that this is how it really is, right? We need to educate them. I think it's our responsibility. Agreed. And like you said earlier, shining the light on that. There is no shame in working hard and playing the lawn game. And conversely, I don't think there's a ton of glory in getting lucky and just landing that because there's so much. As I look back, I'm like, okay, where I am now, I'm much wiser than I was just two years ago. And it's because, another analogy here, it's because the cookies had to bake in the oven. Can't make them (laughs) bake faster. You got to just let the cookies bake. That's right. That's right. (laughs) I love analogies. Uh, Yes, I love it. So it would seem that there's a lot of modalities that you practice and are trained in. And they're of the spiritual realm. So I'm very curious to hear what led you down the spiritual path and the work you do. And did this journey of doing this work begin or get inspired through some of your own personal struggles and journey? Absolutely. I really appreciate you asking this because while I've always leaned spiritual and I remember as a kid making herbal concoctions in my garden. So I've always leaned spiritual. In 1991, I fell into a deep depression. I'm usually a really optimistic, very happy person. But when I fall into a depression, I say fall, it feels like I fall. And I fell into this depression and my friend gave me the book, the road less traveled. Now there's a whole long story. I didn't even know what this was. Why do I feel this way and all the stuff, but he gave me this book, the road less traveled. And that was my first exposure to non-religious personal development. I, I grew up in a very religious home. So this was my first taste of positive psychology, if you will. And I read it and it changed my life. And I was able to lift myself up out of that depression. And from that moment on, I was actively participating So this is in the early 90s, again, in personal development, in understanding the spiritual, the unseen. In 2000, once again, unfortunately, I also fell into another depression, some postpartum things as well as some circumstantial things. And again, how did I heal myself? It was through these spiritual modalities. Long story short, another one in 2008 and then another one actually in 2021, I fell I had worked so hard on my business. I felt like I'd made so much impact and had so little to show for it. And then, of course, there were some other things, but I fell. And one of my very wise mentors had told me once, what do I tell people when they want to start a business and they don't know what it is? This is, I'm just going to quote her. Her name is Peter Raver. And she said, pick a business, any business, put your heart and soul, blood, sweat, and tears in that business until you burn out. See how you heal yourself. And that's your business. And as I was going through that depression and what was I turning to, I was turning back to my spiritual tools and of course my own work, my embody your essence brand work. That is how I healed myself. And that's when I, I decided, and I'm out with this, this heals people. And it was because of that quote, all these experiences and then going back and realizing that's when I got really into it again. And then I'd kind of plateau out and do my thing and keep it under the radar. So that's it. So yes, the answer is my work is highly influenced by my dark souls of the night. And I'm really grateful for them. That's part of the cookies baking. (laughs) I'm waiting for that. It's hard waiting for that. There were moments of hopelessness like I've never experienced before. And yet... At the end of the day, these tools helped. 
And here you are. They healed. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Love that. How have these experiences then helped shape the Christina you are today, do you think, both personally and professionally? So personally, it has really, we all judge. Everybody judges. People say they don't judge. Everybody judges because that's- Yeah, I call bullshit on that. The people say they don't judge. Yeah, everybody judges. It's what you do with that judgment that counts. And I have become aware through these experiences of subconscious judgments that I have made that were not okay. I didn't do anything evil or harmful with them. But in my mind, I had a little bit of superiority or inferiority because I judged. And so what this has done is it's helped me see where I'm judging because that is part of that personal development. That's part of that soul evolution. If I can see that again, we're shining this light on it, then I can become aware of it and I can change that and I can become a more compassionate person. So that's the other thing. I do not like the word empathy. I have a whole podcast on my podcast about this, (laughs) but I like the word compassion because compassion says, I've been through something similar to what you've been through. And I'm not imagining how it feels. I'm not feeling your feels and interpreting it. I know how it feels to me. And so with that helps me with my gift of having safe space for people. Gosh, I know what it feels like to whatever. So that's one of the big things personally. It has influenced the way that I parent. It's influenced the way that I interact with my clients in those ways. And from a business perspective, just kind of talking what we did before, it's really led me to where I am now, where I'm leading with the spiritual and then tying that in with the branding work because the program that I developed really is amazing and brilliant. Like it really, really is. (laughs) But leading with the spiritual. And then if that's the right thing for them, then that's what we do. Whereas if an astrology reading is the right thing for them, then that's what we do. Yeah. You do what's right for the clients. Absolutely. So what was one of the biggest or most valuable takeaways or lessons from your experiences, would you say? My biggest takeaway is, I might even get emotional about this, it's that even when you've lost hope, there's a part of you, the higher self, your soul self, who still has hope. Tap into that. Because I have been at places where I had no hope. But I knew that there was something in me. There was this tiny little match that still had hope. And so leaning into that and really thinking, okay, I've got this one flicker. I'm going to just act on that. I'm not feeling it. I don't want it. It feels hard, but I know there's a part of me that has hope. And that's the part that I want to be shining. And so have hope, even in that dark night of the soul, even when your business isn't doing what you want it to, even if everybody's told you, you should have a 10 K month and you haven't hit it yet. Have hope, stay moving forward. I don't like the word stay the course because the course might lead you this way, but you really need to go this way, but stay moving forward. I think that's it. I think that's very powerful. Thank you, Christina. Now being trained again in multiple areas and modalities, can you speak a bit about that and how you incorporate those into your work as well? Can you give us a brief overview of your approach when working with clients? Sure. So when somebody comes to me, the first thing that we do is obviously we talk, we have a whole session. I call it the get to know you. And it's like three hours long. And we really go through the past, the present and future hopes and dreams and lay those, here we go again, lay those puzzle pieces out on the table. That's an analogy. (laughs) And I'm writing it down so that they can just be sharing it all. And then another one of my gifts is to be able to see it all and then see how it can work together. Part of that is 
been honed by my training in multiple modalities and seeing how I work it together for me. And so looking at that and then always with their goal in mind, just looking and saying, okay, I present to them a proposal. Here's where I think that we could go. It usually will start actually with an astro toe reading because that tells you what are the stars saying? What are your toes saying? And that really gives a lot of insight for people. And then from there, we start to look at the business and where we're going to move forward in the business because I have this huge resume and this huge body of experience, but I can't do that all the time. In any given day, I'm not going to do 15 variety readings. And so looking at their business and saying, okay, here's where we're going to start and here's what this looks like. And when I say we, because that's really what this is, it's got to feel good to the person. If they don't want to post on social media every single day, I mean, I raise my hand for that one. That's not going to work for you. That's never going to work for you. And so deciding what is going to work for you and then looking at the branding piece. So that's really what it looks like, but it's very individualized. I used to do a group and I still love the group for many ways, but not for building a business. That's for finding your essence brand. If you're building an essence business, I like to do that one-on-one. And I know all the gurus would say, well, that's not sustainable. Even my my little MBA brain is like, well, that's not yeah. sustainable. You know what? It's what I love. So that is sustainable for me. (laughs) That's it. What lights you up or inspires you the most about the work that you do? I love the, what I call the generous egalitarian nature of it, where it's this very give and receive relationship where I'm offering really high value to the client. They're exchanging dollars with me. So there's the business aspect of it, but there's also this friendship that develops, this network that develops, this looking out for each other that develops, this exchange of energy that just becomes a really lovely infinity of light between us. And that's what lights me up. I could do that all day and then go and have energy for my family and my pets to (laughs) exercise. That feeds your energy. Exactly. And it feeds theirs. And so my term for that is generous egalitarianism. It's equal and generous. I love that. That's a great term. Never heard that before. I think I made it up, Brad, to be honest. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Brilliant. You very briefly mentioned you have a podcast. So let's talk a little bit about that. I'd love to hear more about it. Your podcast host, can you share with us a little bit about it, the title, what it's all about? Is it solo episodes? Is it interviews? Is it a mix of both? Tell us all the things. Yes. So my podcast is called The Essence Reveal Podcast. It is a blend of solo and interviews. And it's really about peeling back the layers around your essence. My podcast is a free offering to people because when they listen to the episodes, they're going to walk away with some kind of light or some kind of peeling back of the layers or some nugget or an example from one of my guests that they can incorporate into their life to help reveal their essence. And that's a different word for what we've talked about earlier. I like to help people reveal their essence. I actually took a little break from that just through the summer. I did season one. And the yep. reason why I was, well, I talked about the depression that I was experiencing. I needed to take some things off of my plate this year. But I have actually collaborated with a good friend of mine who it was Kismet when we met. And we just met a few months ago. Mm-hmm. But we are doing the Invoking Feminine Wisdom podcast. 
We're releasing Very our nice. second episode today. We've got the fifth one recorded. So it's coming out weekly. So Invoking Feminine Wisdom really is that business space, talking to people primarily in corporate. She's yeah. a very corporate oriented person. I'm a very entrepreneurial and centered, directed. And so we're really talking about the feminine wisdom and how that benefits in the very masculine energy dominated business world, specifically corporate. And so that's been a really fun project. And that was just one of those serendipities that just came yeah. because I was at the right place at the right time doing the right thing. We I had <laughs> a toe reading party. <laughs> Beautiful. Christina, what would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after you learned it? Okay. Can I say words on this that like, yeah. okay. You can, yeah. Here you can say is. whatever you want. You can't fuck up your life. That's what it is. I learned that. So I have before 2018 and after 2018. In 2018, I made some choices that could have completely fucked up my life that I had been told would fuck up my life. And you know what? It healed my life. The contrast and... of that. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it is a story of instant transformation, what some people would call a miracle. And that's what I learned. Are there choices that make life easier and harder? Absolutely. Yeah. There are. are there choices that hurt people and, and help people? 100%. I'm not saying that there's no consequence. What I believe from that is that whatever path you're on is the path for your soul evolution because you're on it. Now, you can choose to move on that path or you can choose to stay on that path, right? You've always got this choice, but that's really it. And that was another thing as I went through that most recent bout of depression is that the choices that I'd made that had contributed to where I was at that point were part of my soul journey. I hadn't messed things up. Yeah. It was going to be okay. And I tell this to, to parents, like my clients who have kids and their kids are having challenges. And that is really, you, it doesn't matter how supportive or how detrimental as a parent you are. I mean, it does. I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but that kid is going to make choices. And we see both sides. We see kids that come from these massively supportive families who end up, doing harm. And we see kids mm -hmm. that are in situations that are detrimental. I taught in a school where that was a high percentage of the population who transcend that. And, and do so, amazing things. Amazing things. So it doesn't mean don't try. It doesn't mean don't move forward. It means you can move past anything that has happened and use it for your learning and for the greater good. What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? Tenacity. Hmm. <laughs> Definitely tenacity. Vision. And community. I value my community. That's a very important piece. Very important. And I think that we have lost sight of community. We've lost that sense of community and we need to get back to that. It is so important. It is. And community in our online spaces and community with the people that we're in physical space with, the whole thing. I think that what you're talking about, getting back to community, our community options have expanded because of what we went through with the pandemic. Yeah. And if it wasn't for the pandemic, I wouldn't be talking to you because I wouldn't that's have met right. that we met through. That's and right. So this idea of community that's that it's global and staying in contact and connecting. It's, it's so, so powerful. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing. 
It really is. And we can't do life without it. It's integral to life, to business, all of it. You need it. And it needs to be real community. Yes. Real internet. Like what we're doing right now, even though we've never met, we're doing this over screens, we're having a real conversation. There's no yeah. pretense here. There's no faking it. No. I'm not going to come in and be like, oh, everything is wonderful. And, I, and, and you aren't either because this is real life. So this yeah. is real connection. And this is how community is built is on essence, on authenticity. Right. Yes, 100%. Now, speaking of success, how do you define that word? What does the word success mean to you? Success to me, and I've done a lot of thinking about this, success to me is spaciousness. Let me explain that. Mm -hmm. I want spaciousness in my life. I don't want to be in the hustle. I want to live comfortably. Would I love to live big and the yacht and everything? Well, I mean, of course I would, but that's not success to me. Success to me is having time to do my morning routine. It's having time to sit and be with friends. It's having time to be in flow and think and write. And it's having the fulfillment of working with my perfect clients. So I'm bringing in an income so that I can live in spaciousness where I have all the things that I need and I can go and do fun things. Those are things that are important to me. And connection with people is very important to me. So it's really about spaciousness, about that generous egalitarian and connection. That's what success is to me. Beautiful. Christina, what aspect of your personality do you think has been the most helpful in your career? Curiosity. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I'm passionately curious about everything. <laughs> okay, we're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions just be one, two, three word answer type thing. Okay. How would you describe yourself in one word? Passionate. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? Love yourself. If you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be? Being an empowering person. What is your personal motto? I believe in the power of love, not the love of power. I like that. What is your favorite self-care practice? Meditation. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? Be kind. That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> Ooh, I felt all my heart started <laughs> racing on that. <laughs> you did good. <laughs> what challenge in your life has shaped you the most? The challenge in my life that has shaped me the most is self-doubt. I have been a chronic self-doubter, self-gaslighter. That has been the challenge that I continue to do work on overcoming, but the one that has allowed me to do what I've done. Powerful. What is something surprising that you've learned about yourself in the last year? In the last year, something surprising that I've learned about myself. I've learned how terrified I am of angry outbursts. I'm a passionate person and I can appear to be very, I don't get angry that much, but when I do, it can be very big. <laughs> but on the flip side, usually it's just me being super passionate about a project or whatever. I fear that in others, especially men. And I have become aware of my fight, flight, or fawn response to that. So that's right. actually been kind of a mountain that I'm working on climbing right now. 
What is one thing you love about yourself that is not related to your physical appearance? I love my mind. I do. My mind is quick. A beautiful mind. I do have a beautiful mind. (laughs) Own that shit, Christina. I love it. (laughs) What is one lesson your career has taught you that you think everybody should learn at some point in their life? That everybody has their own path and you've got to respect the path. Not agree necessarily, but respect the path. Yeah. If you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one-hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why? It would actually be Eve. (laughs) Myth or real, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I would love to find out how the woman that has shaped womanhood for all time, what was her thought process? And I'm not even religious, but as we studied the evolution of humanity, the belief in that choice in that garden has impacted women for millennia. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Believe in yourself. Lastly, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, your tribe, your corner of the world, your people, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What words of wisdom would you impart? I would want to say, believe in yourself because that gives you empowerment. And if everyone is empowered, the world that we live in is a beautiful place. It's all about empowerment, the sharing of power, the generous egalitarianism. Christina, thank you so much for being here with me today and sharing a little bit about your story and your journey and the bright, beautiful light that you shine out into the world through all the work you do. It's been a wonderful conversation. I've enjoyed every minute of it. Thank you so much for taking and making the time to be here with me today. I appreciate you. Thank you, Brad. It's been an absolute pleasure. And thanks for the light you're bringing to the world. Thank you. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Christina Jenkins. She is the founder of the Toe Reading Academy, creator of Embody Your Essence brand. She is a podcast host and a business and branding coach. Thank you so much, Christina. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you. You too, Brad. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.